This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The way we look at it is it drives all your other entities. We have to work hard, you know, to sell tickets, and we always have, and that's part of having the regional platform. As you know, we do a good chunk of tickets out of the Monroe County Rochester market, out of the southern tier, up the QEW to the GTA. You know, we do very well in outside areas of Buffalo as well to make it all work. So it's been a fantastic experience to be able to build that over the last 18, 19 years. That is Buffalo Bills and Sabres president Russ Brandon there. Matthew Collar back here at St. John Fisher. The Bills coming off the field here at training camp. We will have Richie Incognito at some point making his way over, as well as Sal Capaccio. Coverage of training camp here on WGR, presented by Duville College Educating for Life. Also by M&T Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills. Brought to you in part by New York's only outlet liquor, What's Your Outlet, and by Consumers Beverages, Buffalo's beer store. So 8030550188552550 get to your calls in just a second about the uh, continuity concept that is being preached a lot by ownership, by the head coach, by the general manager and what you think of that? Continuity is it a good idea or should it always be year to year? in the NFL. We'll get back to your calls in just a minute, and then we'll uh, also have Sal Capaccio on his way to give us a full recap. All the players walking by now and headed into the locker room, so Sal's going to head on in there and have a conversation about day one with the players. Let's go to Mario and Lockport here on uh, Hour 2, Sports Talk Saturday slash camp coverage. What's going on, Mario? Well, good morning, guys. Good morning. I just wanted to um, make a couple quick points. For one, um, I'm on the side of Rex Ryan, and I've been a Bills fan. I'm 43 years old, so I've been a Bills fan actually before even the Super Bowl days and stuff like that. But I just wanted these are a couple quick points I wanted to make. Last year, you know, as far as our defense, um, we got struck with a lot of injuries: the Aaron Williams injury, the uh, I mean, the um, the Aaron injury, the uh, Kyle Williams, all that type of stuff. Plus. This year, we got a higher schedule. I mean, just think about it. We got uh, New England twice, even though Brady is going to be out one game. It's still going to be tough winning up in New England. Then you have the, the Seattle Seahawks. We already know that they went to back-to-back Super Bowls, and they almost made it back last year, even though they had a collapse toward the end. We have um, the Arizona Cardinals. They made it almost to the Super Bowl, one game from the Super Bowl. Not to mention, you know, the Jets people, you know, they say how the Jets ain't this and how the Jets ain't that. But even the Jets was able to dominate New England last year, not to mention the fact they even – So, so Mario, Mario, is it, are you telling me that you're confident because you believe in Rex or not so much because it's a hard schedule? Well, I'm going to tell you like this, you know – 
that um, the schedule is a very hard schedule. So I don't believe that uh, Rex should be labeled as a snake oil salesman or this and that. He's trying to uh, breed confidence in his team. You know, when when football, it's basically 75% of it is mental. So they have to believe that they can win. So Rex Rex is, you know, he's coaching them up. But the schedule, that's a whole separate issue as far as Rex Ryan and the schedule. That, that's yeah. separate issues entirely. Because- I got you, Mario. I got you, Mario. Thanks for the call, buddy. I, uh, here, Okay, so I, I'm not going to set Rex up for making excuses if they don't make the playoffs already by saying it's a tough schedule. I mean, I don't know if it's a tough schedule yet. Sometimes we go into a season and we go, man, that looks pretty rough. And then halfway through the year, you know, some quarterback gets hurt last year. Boy, Dallas could be a really tough game at the end of the year. And then they played Dallas without Tony Romo, and it was not so tough, right? So the schedule, to me, looking at it at the beginning of the year and trying to decide whether it's hard or easy is uh, really tough. It's not something that I really feel comfortable saying, oh, yeah, well, they've got it easy this year, or they've, boy, they got really screwed. It's going to be tough. And I also wouldn't make that as an excuse for not making the playoffs. I mean, this – Bill's franchise over the last 16 years has had plenty of easy schedules and missed, plenty of hard schedules and missed, and the talent they have on the roster, even if it ends up being a hard schedule, there just is not an excuse for missing the playoffs. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go with that. Now, in terms of how much he talks, Rex Ryan, I am with you on that, Mario. I've always been on that side of saying I don't really care whether he says that we're going to make the playoffs or what's type of things if he puts a Clemson helmet on when Clemson's in the national championship game or whatever game it was I I don't care about any of that stuff and the the player point is interesting because last year there were enough rumblings of players not buying in that would make you wonder is, is that still true what was always said about Rex Ryan going back to the New York Jets so we will see on that 8030551888 550-2550. Matthew Collar talking about the idea of continuity with the Buffalo Bills. It's being sold hard by the general manager, by the head coach, even though the players are talking about the same things and ownership as well. Is that what you want? Do you want continuity with this team? Or is this year kind of the make or break for you uh, with Rex Ryan and Doug Whaley? Mike and Chikdawaga on WGR. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Hey, listen. I, I, I agree with that. I think there's uh, uh, something to be said about not having to learn a whole new offensive playbook, not having to learn a whole new defensive playbook, and the coaches not having to learn the capabilities of the players. You know, last year, that's, that's what we had to do, every one of those things. Now, going into this year, everybody's familiar with the playbooks. The coaches are familiar with the players. And now they can just play. And not only can they just play, now they can make the tweaks maybe in the game plans and in in the weeks uh, uh, ahead of a game that they were maybe afraid to do last year because they were just worried about getting getting the, the fundamentals down. So um, that that's kind of what I like going into this year is is that the continuity provided the familiarity with everything for, for everyone. Yeah, th- thanks, Mike, for the call. That is a good point. When we talk about continuity, it can mean different things. It can mean we're going into year number whatever. Who is the 
Nate, help me out here. The Dolphins coach last year got you fired. Mean, you mean Dan Campbell or the first one? The first one. Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin, right. If you were on the Dolphins and you were going into last year with Joe Philbin still as your coach, that, that continuity, you had to have reached peak frustration with continuity with Joe Philbin at that point, right? But this year, in terms of knowing Rex Ryan's defense, of being able to adapt to how he wants to play and have him be able to adapt to his players as well and their skill sets, like Mike said, I'm with you on that, where I could see it as being a positive. 803-0551-888-552-550. That could also go both ways, because if it doesn't work again, then it's going to be pretty tough to sell the players, no matter how good of a salesman he is or a motivator he is. If it doesn't work again, then I think you're going to be, uh, you know, fresh out of you know, opportunities to tell these players, oh, yeah, now I've got it figured out. Now I've got it figured out. You've only got one shot at that. You've only got one shot at saying, yeah, last year, no, no, that's not who I am. It's really this year. So uh, give us a phone call. Let's uh, get, get, get your way in on that as I take a look over some of the uh, texts that have been sent in. One that I agree with is that I can't believe um, that it still gets brought up how much – they gave up to get Sammy Watkins, especially since it's established that he's a great player in the league. Once we've figured that out, really, that topic of conversation comes to an end for me. Okay, he's great. He is so good that you could throw the ball to him almost every play and have a successful offense. That's how good this player is. Well, was it worth it? I don't know because of Odell Beckham being drafted after him, but you got what you paid for, which was a really good player. Uh, Guys walking off the field now here in Rochester, St. John Fisher College, day one of training camp. Matthew Collar with you, Richie Incognito. Coming up at some point soon, as well as Sal Capaccio to break down everything that happened here today. You hear some people shouting out the players walking by me, Sammy Watkins, LaShawn McCoy, uh, headed into the locker room now, and those guys going over to sign some autographs and so forth. Uh, The joys of camp, it's always, for me, been uh, a place even before I worked here that is, it's fun. It's a, it's a great atmosphere to just come out and get kind of excited about the season. And then sometimes, I heard this morning Del Reed, uh, who does 26 shirts and Bill's Mafia, he was talking about how this can often be the peak for us. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice out and it's just, a, everybody's excited. And then after this, you get into the preseason, guys get hurt, then you get into the regular season. And then it's mostly, you know, it's a lot of arguing with each other about, this or that or the other thing, and you know it. This is the this is the the best time for like a just a relaxed. It's got like a it's got like a minor league baseball atmosphere for you. You just come out, you don't really care what's going on. You sort of watch what's going on. Maybe you're looking at this guy or that guy, and it's, it's fun for fans. So anyway, let's go to Mike in Pennsylvania. You're on WGR. Hi, Mike. Hey, Matt. How you doing today? Doing good, buddy. Hey, the the thing with continuity with me, um. You know, with the NFL on how it's a year-to-year thing, I always get frustrated when a team goes from a 4-3 to a 3-4 because the, the, the personnel might not fit, so it makes players that were good, a la Nigel Bradham, in a 4-3 expendable and not as valued as in another, you know, Rex's type of scheme. Or So that continuity, for me, that's good, that they're still in a 3-4 now and they can iron out the wrinkles, the communication – 
But I'm going to tell you right now, the, the continuity part for the, from the offense is, is the offensive line. I mean, having them together for a, for a second season, all of them intact, is going to be tremendous for, uh, for the offense. But it's all about Tyrod this year and, and, and Watkins. And for me, how can they grow as a, as a pair in this league? And can Buffalo have another dynamic offense like we did back in the 90s? And that's, uh, that's what I'm going to be watching closely this year. Yeah, if we're talking about – thanks for the call, Mike. If we're talking about the roster continuity, this team is the poster boy for that. They were right on the cusp last year and a few tweaks away. This is how you can talk yourself into it not being a bold prediction, just to tie our two topics together for saying the Bills could make the playoffs. It's not bold because they went, they were one win away from being right there in the playoff picture, the real playoff picture and the defense last year didn't perform how it was supposed to, and Tyrod missed a couple of games, and all you have to say is a couple of more breaks go your way, and you're in. And the roster is mostly the same. They're only missing a few starters. I mean, you, you lost Chris Hogan. Mario Williams was very ineffective last year, and so you're, you're just missing an ineffective player. Uh, we can't just go back in time and bring back Mario Williams from two or three years ago where he was great. He was ineffective last season. So you can, even if you're replacing him with a player that career-wise is not as good, there has to be more value in that position, even if it's a replaceable player, even if it's an average player. It has to be more valuable than Mario Williams was last year because not only did Mario Williams uh, struggle in terms of sacking the quarterback, he was, I mean, I, I feel like it's a little rude to say useless, but when it came to stopping the run, he was non-existent. And he, even if they're just better at stopping the run from that position, they'll be better. In terms of continuity, what we're talking about is more of the Rex Ryan and Doug Whaley, but the roster, that's one of the ways you could talk yourself into feeling very good about where this team is going. John in Rochester on WGR. How you doing today, John? Hey, Matt. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm, I am pumped up, and I'll, I'll, the thing I, I really like about this team is it, one of your other callers mentioned too. They've got continuity. I mean, you've got uh, the, the offense and the defense one more year under their belt. They bring in Ed Reed on the defense, a guy that acclimated to uh, Rex Ryan's defense, and they bring in Rob Ryan, another guy acclimated to that defense, and and Greg Roman, who I think is a tremendous. Offense of a mind. Uh, well, he's got one more year under his belt in that offense with Tyrod Taylor. So uh, the result is going to be not only the playoffs, but I think deep in the playoffs. I think they're going to come out like a ball of fire early and uh, dominate the league like they did in 1988. They came off a losing season in 88 and uh, ended up 12-4. and four. And they, I think they lost the last two, two out of three games that year. But but this team is exciting. They've got the speed. In fact, there's 35 or 40 players, I think, on this team, on the roster, that are good NFL players. I think that's a pretty good nucleus. What are your thoughts? Thanks, John. I appreciate the call. Uh, I think um, deep in the playoffs is, uh, like, you, John, are in regular season form. We're on day one of training camp, and you're in regular season form in terms of your optimism. And I'm not criticizing you by saying that. I'm just saying that I, I know how you think. Um, bringing back a lot of this roster was a really key part, uh, I think, for Doug Whaley 
in, in getting guys re-signed like Richie Incognito. And that's one thing that gets brought up with continuity of the roster, and we'll talk to Richie Incognito when he gets a chance to make his way over here. He was going to come off the field and get a quick lift in and then come on over, so he will be on the show uh, at some point today. But the offensive line being the same as it was last year, there are just so many times we've gone into a season and went, well, you know, the left guard position seems like there's a human being playing it with pads on. I mean, the game, I remember, I just will never forget this, never be able to get it out of my mind, is now E.J. Manuel has not worked out in terms of being a starting quarterback, but his last game that he played against Houston was the single worst offensive line game I think I have ever seen in my life. They just were, it wasn't just J.J. Watt either. The offensive line was mauled in that game, and it, it, played a big role in EJ Manuel looking as bad as he did and maybe some of that was him with line calls and whatever else but this offensive line being able to bring it back if you're feeling good about where the offense can be whether you like a run heavy or pass heavy whichever you're into that will get you feeling pretty confident about what the offense can be and with Tyrod Taylor going into season two having this conversation about continuity to me, it's more about Rex and Whaley because of how good the roster is. That, I mean, if you if you can't make the playoffs with a roster that has most of its talent, if not all of its talent, coming back from last year, if you can't make the playoffs with a quarterback who is probably better than competent, he might be good, we'll see, but at worst, he's good enough to make the playoffs. If you're given all those things and you can't get into the playoffs, then I then I think that continuity conversation from all the way up top with the ownership sort of goes out the window. 803-0550-1888-552-550. At least that's when uh, it comes to talking about Rex Ryan. And with Doug Whaley, um, there have been some criticisms about things that he's said, and the Sammy Watkins move is the one that sticks out the most. But if you evaluated Doug Whaley only by asking this question, only by saying this one thing, is the roster good enough to make the playoffs? And the answer is unequivocally yes, is it not? I mean, just, just go position by position, starting with the quarterback, the wide receiver, the running back, the line, defense. I mean, are, are these good enough to do it? I think they are. I don't know if anyone would say, no, the roster isn't good enough. I think the biggest questions are just is the quarterback going to perform well enough and can he stay healthy? And then can the coach do it? Because confidence in Rex Ryan uh, was very high going into last season and certainly faded from there. So feel free to give us a call on continuity. The roster, that wasn't even really what I was thinking about today uh, when I got here, the continuity in the roster, but there aren't too many significant players that are pegged as starters who haven't been here before, that don't know where the dorms are, need help parking. I mean, most of them would know already. 803-0550, Richie Incognito will be along right now. Players coming off the field, some of them still doing some workouts. Jerry Hughes and IK and Polly are practicing catching footballs. So if you didn't like last year, anytime those guys drop back in coverage, if you got mad about that, then um, you wouldn't be happy to see them practicing catching footballs. Though I think that 
in terms of this is it'd be a fun game to play throughout the season would be should we be really mad about this or is this just a made-up thing to be mad about and dropping back in coverage for the defensive lineman was definitely a made-up thing to be upset about it's been done forever by all the great defensive coordinators and rex wasn't doing anything unique there uh anyway feel free to jump on continue to talk about this richie incognito soon and sal capaccio soon as well from training camp at st john fisher college here on wgr not every fan can go to buffalo so having it in rochester i think really just expands the experience for our fan base for people who don't get to go to a game or who don't have the opportunity all the time to interact with players or coaches or management so i think it is important that we also from a business side step away from buffalo and from orchard park to bring it to other fans in the region Buffalo Bills owner Kim Pagula there. Matthew Collar live from St. John Fisher College in Rochester. Buffalo Bills training camp. A couple of notes to get you before we get back to our conversation and a couple of good texts that I wanted to respond to. Uh, Rex Ryan confirming that Manny Lawson has a pectoral injury that he suffered while benching 415 pounds that's not expected to be long term nate gary back in the studio nate how much can you bench how close is it to that over the radio how close is it to 415 pounds that's uh twice my body weight right that is like the weight of i don't even really no i it's like i'm gonna say 100 i don't want to embarrass myself but I'll, i'll say 125 like picking up a cow how much does a cow weigh <laughs> like the front end of a car uh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say that i would uh, do more injury than just a pectoral strain yeah it might go through me to... it might yeah. literally go yep. through my chest it'd be pretty much death i would guess if i could uh if i could get up 150 pounds a few times i would feel pretty good that's only a guess i have not tried to bench anything in a very very long time i so, think manny I think together, if me and you combined our strength, yeah. we would still be far, far short of 415. I agree with that. I think maybe we might be able to pick it up and mm. set it down. But I think if I was on one side of the bar and you were on another side of the bar, we would still struggle <laughs> with that. Manny Lawson yeah. was uh, in the combine. I remember this even going back to when he was drafted. He had like unbelievable combine numbers. Maybe that was one of the things that the Bills liked about him. And he's kind of a wild card player in this whole defensive scheme so having him out not good but i guess it's not a long-term injury another little note here rex ryan was asked about carlos williams whether when he comes back from his four-game suspension if he is solidified as the number two and i think the obvious answer to that is uh you know not unless somebody i mean unless somebody else plays better yeah sure i mean but rex ryan answered that with anything could happen yeah i mean that's right I mean, why, why would he deserve to be the solidified number two after showing up to camp uh, out of shape and then getting himself suspended? If somebody else plays well, then why would he uh, deserve that? 803-0550, Matthew Goller from St. John Fisher as uh, the players all just about done with today's action. Sal Capaccio soon, and Richie Incognito will be along as well. Richie uh, finished up his workout, and now he's going to do a lift. I imagine Richie can probably bench somewhere in that range, but um, so he can he can do that. And <laughs> you just he can handle that. I'll stay here and just sit here. I've got a bottle of water. It's a nice little situation for me. 
he can lift the 400 pounds. And uh, so we'll talk to him when he's done with that. A couple of texts that came in. One of them, uh, this from Tom. Remember the talk last year about teams that add so many free agents they don't often do well. Is there any data about how teams perform in the second year after adding a bunch of free agents? I don't have any particular study that says how a team did the year after adding a bunch of free agents, though I will say compared to some of the history of all the free agents the Bills added last year, eight and eight was pretty solid. I mean, there were sometimes you remember Tampa Bay a few years ago added Vincent Jackson and a bunch of players. Usually the reason, though, is that it doesn't work out. And the reason is because teams go and add a bunch of players and pay out a bunch of money. Because, can anybody guess it? They don't have a good quarterback. And they're just trying to convince themselves, well, we don't have a good quarterback, so here's what we'll do. And this was Tampa Bay a few years ago. Here's what we'll do. We will add a bunch of free agents. We'll try to make the biggest noise we can make. And then uh, maybe that'll cover up for the quarterback situation. We'll pay some running back. We'll add a beef up our defense. It is the only way to win if you don't have a good quarterback and it doesn't often work it worked last year with poor quarterback play from denver to have an incredible defense and running game but it does not often work and that's why uh, that statistic comes about i think anyway i i think it's because teams are trying to cover up for their quarterback situations and it's the only way for a gm say to you know throw a hail mary essentially if your quarterback is Jimmy Clausen or something, whoever, I don't know, I just pick a bad quarterback. If it's Kyle Orton, then you better have, if you want to get to 9-7 and seven with Kyle Orton, you better have the top defense in the NFL, which is what the Bills had, or one of the top when they had Kyle Orton. It's the only way to do it. And so I think the statistic in general is kind of skewed, especially because the Bills now have their quarterback. And someone we've seen be capable and win 8 out of 14 games last year and put up decent numbers and maybe take the next step this season. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go hunting around hoping that there's some statistic that suggests signing free agents two years ago was good, but rather say that in this particular situation, the quarterback uh, has a lot to do with whether they'll succeed. 803-0550, Matthew Collard from St. John Fisher here as we await uh, Sal Capaccio and Richie Incognito. I don't know if they'll be at the same time or not, but uh, maybe be coming out of the locker room around the same time. So at some point we will have Richie here as the players now all uh, entirely off the field. There was another uh, text I want to get to here. Got to scroll down and find it. Okay, on the subject of continuity, and that's been our topic of conversation today here on the show is continuity do you like it the idea that the the pagulas have been pushing for a while now and that rex and whaley talked about a lot yesterday about just how much that's going to benefit the team long term and we've had differing opinions on that some people have said continuity who cares and others have said no it's a really good thing especially with rex ryan to have the players on defense Knowing what they're doing, he knows their skill sets and how to use them. It's a positive. So we've had differing opinions on that. This text comes in. Do you feel there would be a possibility that the defense continues to slide, offense continues to make gains, and ownership would make a move from Rex to Greg Roman as the head coach? I have no idea if they would consider that. But I know this. 
if Rex Ryan cannot improve the defense this year from where it was last year, that all of this continuity talk will be just talk. And contract extensions and all these things, they don't matter. How many hockey coaches are the Pagulas currently paying to not work for them? Is Ron Ralston still getting paid? Ted Nolan? Is Lindy Ruff still cashing Buffalo Sabres paychecks? Is Darcy Regeer still cashing paychecks? I'm pretty sure he is. I mean, they paid all those people not to work. So if it doesn't work out, you could the contract situations don't really matter. They'll just pay the cash that it takes to make the change and just view it as overhead cost, I guess. Uh, but if, if the defense does not improve to where they need to see it improve, I think all of that is just done. Whether they would see Greg Roman as a guy, I think he is a head coaching candidate. If the Bills have a great offense this year, if they're in the top 10 in offense, you can count on Greg Roman not being the offensive coordinator next year. If they make the playoffs, you can pretty much count on Greg Roman not being the offensive coordinator next year. Because they not only will teams say, well, they got the Bills to the playoffs after 16 years, but also it will be quite an accomplishment to have taken a quarterback who was drafted in the sixth round and had never started before in one year to go 8-8 eight and eight and then make the playoffs. It will be uh, probably worthy of Greg Roman getting a head coaching job. 8030550, the number 1888552550 to chime in on continuity. Just to give you an update on my web poll, if you were interested, I know you were interested. 686 votes coming in. Is it a bold prediction to say the Bills will make the playoffs this year? So if you're telling your friends, guys, we're going to make it. Is that bold? Are you being bold by saying that? And 64% saying yes, 36% say no. I've tended to lean toward yes because of the playoff drought, that if you're making that prediction, even if you do it every year, you're still being bold. And But I could see the argument for no, that they've got the roster to do it, so why is it bold, especially uh, you know if there's some sort of contract dispute going on with DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans are missing their best player, and I'm certainly not sold on Brock Osweiler being great there. You can sort of pluck off a few of the teams that, at least when you're going through it, who they would have to beat out to get one of those spots, and I'm not convinced at all with the Houston Texans, especially with J.J. Watt being hurt also. So feel free to give us a call on that, on uh, whether you think it's, it's bold. Um, NHL 17 has something really cool in it. I don't know if you've heard about this, but I wanted to mention this before the break. NHL 17, new video game that's coming out, has included a celebration where when you score a goal, your player will do the Jose Bautista bat flip. You score a goal, and the player will stop and swing his stick and then throw it as it's, it's a bat flip. That is amazing. And uh, Nate, back in the studio, I feel like there are very few... Uh, new innovations that games can make at this point that they've kind of reached a plateau where the game is so freaking realistic that what else can they do outside of just new rosters? A uh, goal celebration that is Jose Bautista flipping a bat is worth the price of buying the game. Nate, are you back there? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, uh, the uh, the Bautista bat flip... I honestly wish they did it in the show because I'm a big show guy. I like. They don't playing. do it in the show. They don't. What? Right. So like when I saw that on Twitter, I was like, they're gonna do it in NHL, but they're not gonna have it in the show game. Like, but wow. same time, 
I'm a big, I'm a big NHL guy, but some of the celebrations after you've played like me, who ends up playing a bunch of franchise modes, I end up playing like all 82 games and cause I have no life. But when yeah. you end up playing that much, you end up doing the same two or three, you know, celebrations, the guys riding on the stick or the, you know, putting the sword on the side. So it's nice <laughs> to see, you know, and I like when they, when they go across the other team's bench and they kind of do the slide across the bench that to me, you know, anything to really rub it in your virtual opponent's face, I'm all for. And the funny thing about that is there are just really no goal celebrations in the NHL. And like, not a one. Nope. Like, Patrick Kane's got the thing where he, like, kind of hops into the boards. That's it. They're, yeah. Nothing. No, those are gone. And it's they used to exist more back in the day, I think, and yet it's called old school or breaking the code rules to not do that. When uh, Nal Yakupov scored a big goal and then slid to center ice, that was just the worst thing that anyone could ever do ever right when that happened I, I loved when Max Fennaginoff did that yeah I don't understand why that's not a thing I mean especially since goals have been uh, you know really gone down in frequency like when you score one you should really live it up but that uh, that's a fun new feature in that game so at least in virtual reality you're allowed to live in in that realm 8030550 continue to take your text and your phone calls as well as we talk continuity and is it a bold prediction to say that the Bills will make the playoffs? Stefan Gilmore has been a big part of the conversation out here at camp because of his contract situation, and uh, I've got an opinion on that that I think is a little bit different. We'll come back here. Matthew Collar from St. John Fisher Training Camp here on WGR. A winning, and that's what your expectation always needs to be. You know, it, a lot of factors go into it, and it's about staying healthy. It's about competing each and every week, and it's always about ultimately winning a championship. But you have to get through the first step, and that's to get to playing games in January, and that's what we, we all hope for. Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres president Russ Brandon there. Matthew Collar with you, and Sal Capaccio will join me in uh, just a few moments here to break down all that went down on the field today as the sun is coming out and it's starting to get hot. It was a very nice – Sal, you want to throw that on? You good? I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay. If you, if you want to wait a little you're, while. No, and you're always on. Now, you're always on fire. I'm ready to go. Ready uh, to go. No, nice, nice for us, though, that uh, your uh, sweat ratio oh isn't gosh. very high. Sweatalytics. I actually thought it was going to rain. We actually felt a few drops. I had to bring out the radar on my app, and I said to Murph, I was standing next to Murph, I go, Murph, like we're ju- this thing is just south of us. We might get a couple, and luckily it held off. Yeah, it did. It's starting to get a little hot now. And the but you're right, it was out. not hot. It was nice. Very nice for us because just yesterday I was thinking about this tent. Like, oh, man, this tent is like a heat box. Yes. Uh, It gets to be sauna-esque in here. So I'm very happy. I even went with jeans today. What do you got? You're still going cargo. Cargos, baby. You're going cargo. I got all these wires, and I have to make excuses why I need my cargos. Uh, That's all right. That's all right. You you have a a young child, and you've got lots of wires. My homage to John McCargo. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think you want to compare your shorts to John McCargo. They're much more successful um, than him. They were on the field much more often than he was. Uh, Sal, I was just about to talk a little bit about Stefan Gilmore, so I'll yeah. give you my blazing hot take on okay. Stefan Gilmore's um, situation with his contract. It's that I, I just can't get myself to really think about it a whole lot because this year they have the talent to be a playoff team, and he's a huge part of that. And whether they spend a bunch of money on him later down the road, 
I just I kind of don't care about talking about it right now. That's not to say you shouldn't bring it no, up no, and no, because no. It's, a, it's a relevant topic. It's just anytime I hear it, I sort of go, I don't know, like well, whatever. Well, maybe we'll pay him. Maybe we won't. Let's let this this team is ready to to be really good, and this defense has to take the next step. And I'm kind of more focused and thinking about that than I am about his contracts. Yeah, I think I think the way to put it, and and you're right, Matt is. It's about this year. This team needs to win now. This is not a this is not a two win team that they're rebuilding, and they have to worry about a good player walking that they're trying to keep in the fold for those years. Yes, they'd love to keep him. There's no doubt about that. But there's also another hint to this, another angle to this. They have the money to keep him if they get to the number they value him at. Once, once Doug Wheelie and Stefan Gilmore's agents come to a agreement, if they do that. The other side will, will be fine. He'll say, I need this money, and the Bagulas will say, fine. So that's all it is. So really, it's just about what they value the player, and I don't disagree with you. Let's concentrate on that. And then one other part of it is if you do sign Tyrod, which I think will happen eventually, you can use the franchise tag on Stefan. And I've mm-hmm. said this. You could, one way or the other, just sign one of them means you have both for two more seasons, no matter what. And I also think about the cap in general, that you know Kyle Williams all of a sudden decides to rework his contract. How many times has Tom Brady reworked his contract? And then we find out, and I'm not advocating this sale, we find out that Tom Brady has been given a little extra money on the side through a trainer (laughs) that supposedly was a business he owned or whatever. Like, I'm not advocating shady business. A little bit of circumventing. There are always ways to get players a little more cash on the side. There are always ways to restructure a contract, to let somebody go who's got a big deal, to fit in the players that you need. And that doesn't mean you can sign absolutely everybody all the time. I just have trouble thinking of, like, remember when the Vikings brought Favre back? They were already over the cap, and then they just found a way to pay Favre, like, $20 million. Doesn't this happen every year? It's, it's, you make a great point, because I, I think about well, geez, every year I think about, well, what, that team is going into cap hell. And then whatever really happens to those teams? Yeah. You never actually see them fall off when you think they're going to fall off because you're worried about their cap. There's always ways to manipulate the cap. There's always money that's coming off, money you can find, money you can shut off. For example, this year, let's remember, you got a lot of money coming off next year from Mario Williams. $12 yeah. million dollars come straight off the top. There you go, right? And then you add in Leotis McKelvin and a bunch of others. I did this the other day. I think it's like $16 million just in dead money this year that you get freed up next year. So there's always ways to find the money. And I know it's, not, it's challenging, but if you want to keep your own players, you can. It might mean you don't sign a bunch of other players, but if you want to keep your players, you can always do it. Yeah, and also I think I know where I'm at with Stephon Gilmore. Um, we were talking about, got some calls earlier about Rex and how there are there are Rex camps yeah. that are so solidified it might as well be Trump and Hillary. <laughs> sure, and then, no doubt. But most people aren't solidified where they stand on Rex. I think most people in the fan base are kind of like, well, it's you know eight and eight didn't go where I wanted it to go. But if he fixes the defense and they make the playoffs, then I'm all in. And if he doesn't, then I'm out basically on how they feel about Rex Ryan. With Stephon Gilmore, I don't think there are okay. I think those the. Stefan's not good camp is very small right. and loud at times when other teams catch the ball, which they will do. Uh, but I think most people know where they stand on Stefan. He's a really good player. He's a very good player. I think the team thinks this, though, Matt. He's a very good player, but he's not one. Of, he's not the best corner in the league. They're not yeah. going to pay him like that. He's probably not one of the top two or three best corners in the league. But he's certainly a very good football player, which is why they're not willing to go to the number that him and his agent want him to go to, which is basically a Josh Norman deal. Yeah. And to be honest with you, they shouldn't go there. That 
would not be a smart thing. I love Stephon Gilmore, but you can't pay him $15 million a year. I'm right. sorry. How it goes sometimes, though, is the best player doesn't always get the most money just because that's how it works out. Right. At the time, the best player did get the most money, and now it's this guy's time, even if he's not. I mean, this happens in baseball. You're a free agent. You're available, so you get paid. I mean, uh, in hockey, it happens all the time. I mean, Kyle Oposo is not a good example for the Sabres because his was right around the value. But I don't know, like a, a free agent comes up and he'll get $6 million and people go, wait a minute, and $6 Andrew million? Ladd. Yeah, right. No, that's <laughs> right? right. Exactly. And like, well, th- yeah. Well, who this, else? Yeah. The, I mean, what are you going to do? He was out there. A Villy Leno, right? I mean, yeah. you might have <laughs> yeah. overpaid, but still, hey, he's a free agent and the, the, the marketplace dictates it. Look, I, there are there are lots of... Lots of guys on this team that I think they've identified as core players they'd like to have. Stephon Gilmore is one of them. But they're not going to bankrupt their future to sign him. And I think that's where the team's position is. But I understand his position, which is, hey, I feel I'm worth this, and I think I'm going to sign. Now, I may disagree with his worth, but that's the way negotiations work in life. Yeah, and just usually it seems like an NFL free agent that they're worth exact worth compared to what you have to pay him. And plus, you mentioned this on the air yesterday, and I think it's a point worth repeating that the guaranteed money is the real deal. Right. That when you see Adam Schefter tweet, $100 million deal. Well, did they pay Mario Williams $100 million? No. No, they didn't. And that's how it works out. He got, what, 50 or 60. And the guaranteed money, you might be able to finagle it to make sure it's more guaranteed than other deals would be, even though it's not exactly the big of a cap hit. There's so many things to it. And that's why I've gotten to... Eh, let's just see what happens this year, you know? I, no doubt. I, I can't get too caught up and with Bills it. Bills fans shouldn't, although I'm sure right away, by the way, very first pass, offense versus defense today, Stephon Gilmore interception. Is that good or bad? It was actually good because the, the bad part wasn't the throw because it was just miscommunication, and he had good enough coverage that he was there to take advantage of the miscommunication between Tyrod and Jarrett Boykin. 803-0550, Matt and Sale for the next hour. Richie Incognito has not come by yet, Sal, so he's expected, so we'll have you along. I actually asked, too, just so you know, I knew he was coming in. I didn't want to interrupt him, and they said he was lifting, so he'll be here when yep, he's done lifting. so he so will be along with Sal and I. Coverage of Bill's training camp here on WGR, brought to you by Duville College, Educating for Life, by M&T Bank, the official bank of the Buffalo Bills, also in part by New York's only outlet liquor, What's Your Outlet, and by Consumers Beverages, Buffalo's Beer Store. All right, plenty to talk about with Sal. We'll have Incognito come along at some point here as well. we get the full recap of what happened today. And I want to ask you how much you can bench press. I bet you know the answer to that question. Manny Lawson got hurt bench pressing 415, so I'll ask you that when we come back. Nate and I decided that us together could not get 415 up in the air. Yes, you could. You th- really? I could. Yes, you could. You could do that. Together? We, we, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk I, about I, it. You could do All right. It. I haven't benched anything in like 10 years, so I'm skeptical okay. about that. All right. Well, Nate would be 300, so that a- would be Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, he'll Darn cover straight. most of the flag. <laughs> 8030550 to jump on. Matt and Sale from training camp at St. John Fisher College here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.